0: Trauma Therapist Podcast, Episode 439. Are you ready to become the best version of yourself? Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support, and it is 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. No more worrying about finding the right provider or scheduling appointments. Cerebral brings it all to you whenever and wherever. wherever you need it. To get started on your path towards better mental health, Cerebral is giving you, the Trauma Therapist Podcast listeners, 15% off your first month of online therapy, medication, or both. Get started by going to Cerebral.com slash podcast and use the code The Trauma Therapist. That's Cerebral, C-E-R-E-B-R-A-L.com slash podcast, and don't forget to use the code The Trauma Therapist to get 15% off your first month. Make 2024 your best year yet. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Please see site for details. Are you tired of spending countless hours buried under mountains of progress notes or clinical notes? It's time to focus on what truly matters, which is providing exceptional care to your clients. Introducing Text Expander, your ultimate solution to help you streamline documentation and boost your productivity. I've been using Text Expander for years, and it's one of the tools I use every single day. If you're a therapist, if you're a coach, any content or text you use on a regular basis in your progress notes, for example, your name, address, or even longer forms, paragraphs of notes or sections of reports, you can create a shortcut for it. Text Expander automatically populates entire paragraphs of text, saving you valuable time and effort, and it allows you to get back to what truly matters your clients. Text Expander is offering the Trauma Therapist Podcast listeners 20% off when you go to Textexpander.com slash trauma. That's TextExpander.com slash trauma. All right guys, welcome to the Trauma Therapist Podcast. My name is Guy McPherson. My mission is to raise awareness of trauma and to support a new trauma therapists just starting out on their trauma-informed journey. I do that through this podcast and my membership community, Trauma Therapist 2.0. If you're a therapist of any kind interested in learning about trauma and you're looking for support and inspiration, I invite you to check out Trauma Therapist 2.0 by going to traumatherapist2.com. That's tra- Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities
1: in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit.
0: TraumaTherapist, the number two dot com. All right, let's get started. This episode is sponsored by CPTSDFoundation.org. And one of the great things about, uh, for me about doing this podcast is that I get to speak to and work with amazing people. And Athena Moberg, the CEO and founder, of CPTSDFoundation.org is one of those individuals. This woman is on fire. I got to meet her several months ago here in San Francisco. We had breakfast together and just had a really great talk. Then I got to learn about her foundation and what they're doing uh, they provide complex trauma survivors and practitioners with compassionate support, skills, and trauma-informed education. Athena works together with expert practitioners and treatment centers, offering daily touch points to anyone currently in trauma therapy or who wants a safe place to come, feel heard and validated between therapy appointments. Some of the resources they offer are uh, daily recovery support, a uh, healing book club. They have free support groups. Uh, they offer also offer this really cool thing where they can uh, send you texts just to encourage you and help you heal on your journey. So check them out at CPTSDFoundation.org forward slash Trauma Therapist Podcast. Once again, that's CPTSDFoundation.org forward slash Trauma Therapist Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Somatic Experiencing. Trauma may be a fact of life, but it doesn't have to be a life sentence. Somatic experiencing is a psychobiological method of addressing clients' physical and emotional trauma conditions and helps to give voice to their experiences without a need for them to retell their story. SE focuses on regulation of the nervous system and offers the opportunity to engage, complete, and resolve the body's instinctual responses to traumatic experiences. For more information regarding somatic experiencing and the SE professional training program, the Trauma Therapist Podcast listeners can visit traumahealing.org forward slash TTP. That's traumahealing.org forward slash TTP. All right, guys, welcome back to the special series of the Trauma Therapist Podcast. I am very excited this morning to be joined by Dr. Janina Fisher. Janina, welcome.
1: Thank you, nice to be here.
0: All right, so Janina is a licensed clinical psychologist and instructor at the Trauma Center, an outpatient clinic and research center founded by Bessel van der Kolk. Known for her expertise as both a therapist and consultant, Janina is also past president of the New England Society for the Treatment of Trauma and Association an EMDR international association credit provider and a faculty member of the sensory motor psychotherapy Institute and a former instructor at Harvard medical school. Janina's recent book is titled healing the fragmented selves of trauma survivors. Um, again, Janina, welcome.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you.
0: So, So when I, uh, started putting this together. I mean, this just happened. I, you know, <laughs> for obvious reasons. And I, I put a query out to the people in my community. You were at the top of the list uh, people, people wanted to hear from. So let me just open it up. What the heck is going on? <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're, we're hiding out in our houses because there's a monster on the loose. And, uh, and, and the thing that's so hard is I'm used to working with people's past traumatic experiences. Right. And now we have this, this Godzilla roaming our community and our world and, uh, and it is, it's discombobulating and frightening on so many levels.
0: And that's that's exactly what it feels like. It, yeah. it, it feels like it's this monster on the loose. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's there's a lot that, um, you know, well, there's some, certain things that we can do in our homes, but th- for me, you, you hit it on the
1: head. It feels like there's something out there right. that I, I can't control. Absolutely, which is so true. We can control how we try to keep ourselves safe. But we can't control the the Godzilla. And uh and, and then on top of that, I mean I just got an email a few minutes ago from a former client saying working at home is exhausting. Who knew that having to adjust to a you know to online work of all kinds, um, particularly Psychotherapy online for people who've never done that. Right. It's all you know, trying to get provisions in. Trying. I just put in a vitamin order just before we started because there's this. It's like wartime, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We've got to make sure that we have what we need for this potential. Well, it's a. It's not a potential crisis. It is a crisis, but just in case. Godzilla knocks on our doors. Mm-hmm. So,
0: to give us some context here, let's start kind of a uh, from kind of a, a macro level, if you will, and then narrow it down to a more yeah. personal or individual level. What are your thoughts on how this is impacting us globally? What it means in terms of of, of trauma, etc. Um. Yeah, let's start there.
1: Well, again, we we all may feel traumatized, whatever our, our objective level of risk. But, you know, I'm thinking of my colleagues in Italy. Wow. Uh, I have a very, very close group of colleagues there. And uh, someone just told me yesterday that literally... They can't bury the bodies fast enough. So, people, Italians, are being exposed not just to this fear of the virus, but all and to the fear of their fellow citizens, um, but also to these very traumatic images. So, depending on how we all fare in this crisis, we we're exposed to the sense of threat. That's just all of us. Uh, some of us who are older or who have health problems have an even greater sense of threat. And, mm-hmm. uh, and we know that trauma isn't just about when something happens. It's also the, the anticipation of threat. It's the objective sense of risk to life that we're all taking every day. So so that's going to affect us. On top of that, and this is something I often do just to kind of regulate my own nervous system. When we are frightened, when we're anxious, when we're in a uh, emergency stress response, the immune system is suppressed. So the more we can try to live in the present moment, mm. uh, you know a moment at a time, a day at a time, an hour at a time, the the more we bring calm to the body, the more we're going to support our immune systems. so So that, I think, is very, and a very important thing we can all do, uh, in addition to all the things that we're being told that we can do
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um so you know at a macro level the the sense of threat right is right here right now also there's this sense of threat what's going to happen when Godzilla finally weakens and dies out
2: right
1: and uh what's going to happen to you know, to our economy, what's going to happen to people who, even today, people who make their living working hourly. I was thinking today about the woman who cleans my house, whom I can't let in at the moment, and mm-hmm. uh, and and thinking maybe I should send her a payment mm-hmm. because it it feels as if the risk to the welfare of people at all levels of society is so high.
0: So there's a lot, obviously you're talking about a lot of perceived threat and actual threat and risk. And um, one of the things I'm kind of taking away from what you're saying is the importance of living moment by moment. <laughs> right. Trying to do that moment by moment right. to help our immune system.
1: Right, and trying not to go to, you know, to think into the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to, because thinking into the future just brings up more fear. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so as I keep saying to myself, you can't go there because your immune system needs all your support right now. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. In terms of, um, uh, an opportunity, I mean, it, it sounds almost flippant to say, or to ask, is there an opportunity, um for for all of us and even more specifically for those who work you know in the trauma field amidst all of this uh, do you think there's any kind of an opportunity here to what to step up to learn to practice mm-hmm. differently or what
1: well we all do have to practice differently that's just a given um whether we're go- whether the trauma field will find a gift hidden in this crisis is unclear. But so many people are talking about the way in which being sequestered with their families, or as we say in California, sheltering in place with your loved ones, is creating an opportunity for coming together as a family. I've had Long text conversations with a group of of collegial friends in Washington D.C. in the last few days, we're checking in with each other. Something that we ordinarily wouldn't have done mm-hmm. if life were going ahead normally. Um, there's a sense that that just people in the community are more concerned about each other,
2: right.
1: and uh, and. I think that's going to benefit us without question, that this coming together for a common purpose of saving our lives, what, what could be a more important reason?
2: Right.
1: Because we can't do it alone.
0: So basically, <laughs> that, that was a stupid question. There is there, Of course, there's opportunities. They're all around yeah, us, right? right?
1: <laughs> but, and here's another opportunity. My, my friends in D.C., <laughs> all very, very, very gifted uh, expert trauma therapists, they've all been freaking out about managing all this technology, right? It's enough to show up for your clients now you Mm -hmm. have to worry about the technology
2: Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) and so that's a whole other level of anxiety Uh, and uh, I think and actually I think from what I hear clients are just so happy to have the contact have a way to continue and uh, and there isn't a, you know, nobody's complaining. Why do I have to see you <laughs> remotely? Right, right.
0: <laughs> you you talked about um, this uh, sudden experience of having, you know, working with people's trauma or experience, perceived experience of the trauma right now, kind of in the moment, as opposed to a past trauma. Talk a little bit about, what that means, what that, are there challenges to that, how that works differently and so forth?
1: Well, you know, it's, it was a question that often gets raised in any case. Um, for instance, I, I have child therapist colleagues who often talk about, you know, how do I help the child go back to the unsafe situation because they aren't necessarily kids who are safe now. And that's the thing, you can't process trauma if the trauma isn't over, right? Trauma has to be over. We have to be safe now Mm -hmm. in order to resolve the past. So for children for people living in unsafe neighborhoods, communities, families, um, you know, in domestic violence situations. Um, It's been an issue for many years. You can't help a client get vulnerable and then say, go back out into this dangerous world you live in. So, you know, I've thought for years that our field's emphasis on getting to the vulnerability or going deep is actually not, that it isn't the answer. That actually what we have to help people do is be here now to adapt to their circumstances now to have a different relationship to the trauma. And in some cases, that means helping people to resource themselves rather than helping them to touch into their vulnerability. Mm. So right now, none of us needs to be more vulnerable. But that's been true for many, many, many groups of clients um, for many years.
0: Excuse me. So... Why the emphasis? Why the importance on "quote unquote" going deep or becoming vulnerable?
1: I think we got that from Freud. I think I think that you know I, I always say we're all children of Freud. It's like you know he's the and the common ancestor in the psychotherapy field. Um, obviously, over the many many decades since Freud us, you know, other camps have developed CBT, CBT, um, you know, lots and lots of different methods, but he is the common ancestor um, because psychotherapy really didn't exist until Freud. And most psychotherapy training still teaches the, the talking cure. And that means that we ask people to free associate, to notice what's happening inside them, uh, to remember the past. Um, And we don't ask them to remember their happiest moments. We ask them to remember um, terrible moments. And I think it's just been accepted. It's like, you know, for centuries we accepted that the world was flat, only to find out it was actually round. I think it's just been a given in the mental health world that um that we have to help people go deep.
0: And so this uh the alternative in a sense, or another way of being present. Talk about that. What that what does that look like when you're working with someone? I, I really love this idea here.
1: Um well you know it's 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 really thinking about um, what does this person need today? Because trauma resolution, however, whatever method we're talking about, involves changing the relationship to memory um, and whether that's done using Exposure with EMDR, um, psychoanalysis, whatever method it is. Um, you know, my my um, my specialty is sensory motor psychotherapy and uh, and ego state or parts work. So, of course, my tendency is to use those methods. But whatever methods we use, they're all about changing the relationship of an individual to thoughts, feelings, memories, body responses. And, um, and that doesn't necessarily require going deeply because now we have mindfulness-based techniques so we can help people to notice the emotion, to notice the pain, to notice the fear um, in a mindful way rather than being swallowed up by it. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And of course now with, as you call it, this Godzilla running around out there, yes. there's plenty of opportunities to engage in that way now.
1: Well, the, the, the difficulty now is that um, is there's a Clear and present danger. But it's interesting. I I did a a remote session earlier today with a long-term client of mine. And she said, I seem to be the only person who isn't scared. And she, she said, I feel fear when I'm triggered. I don't feel fear of this virus or fear of what's going to happen to me. And that was interesting because she's in a high-risk category. She's over 65. she has some, um, some pulmonary problems, so she's at risk. But as she, the, the traumatic memory, the fear memories, are much more intense for her than the fear of the virus. Mm. We're going to see other clients who are triggered by the virus, the sense that the world is going to end. Another email I got from a former client today uh, said, um, it's going to be very hard to be around my husband and children all day, every day, because they trigger me um because you know children's emotional and attachment needs can be very triggering for parents mm-hmm. um spouses right <laughs> this this is the problem in marriage is that we trigger each other mm-hmm. and that is going to be escalating because now we have marriages under the stress of fear mm-hmm. right so
0: so it's this it's it's another opportunity for stress and trauma just by the very nature of being close together, of course. Absolutely. Potentially.
1: So, so yes. Yeah, so so I think there is hopefully um, this is the kind of situation that brings people together rather than tears them apart.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh and so hopefully that will be one of the silver linings that it will increase the ability of, fa- ability of families to be triggered by each other, but to feel the sense of needing and wanting each other and having a strong common ground. So, it's, so it'll be easier to let go of some of the things that usually drive us crazy about our loved ones.
2: Well, uh-
0: open that up a little bit talk more about how people might uh deal with that the stress of just being you know with your spouse or with your kids more you know more now how what are some ways we we can manage and deal with that
1: well i i really believe that we have to normalize triggering that it is it is it's ha- it's actually it's, it's a body thing. It's a somatic response. We we are we're you know when we're exposed to some stimulus that the body perceives as threatening doesn't have to be logically threatening, but but something the body feels threatened by. We have a a strong emotional or traumatic response and then usually we interpret that in some way we say well if he hadn't said blah blah I wouldn't be feeling this way if my daughter hadn't gone in her room and slammed her door I wouldn't be feeling this way as opposed to oh shit I got triggered and I I say to I always say to my clients my wish for you is to someday be able to say, oh, shit, I got triggered. And the oh, shit is important because because it's like saying, oh, shit, I stepped in dog do. Right? Oh, shit, I stubbed my toe. It's something that's uncomfortable, it's unpleasant, but it's normal. Mm -hmm. It's, right, it it isn't the end of the world. So... (laughs) Hopefully, if the stress doesn't decrease our capacity to tolerate each other, which it doesn't seem to be doing. People Mm -hmm. seem to be kinder Mm -hmm. rather than more reactive.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, where are you right now? Are you in Oakland? Yes. Okay. Uh, What's your perception of how people are... um, um, kind of obeying if you will the the shelter in place decree or are, are people um
1: i' well again i'm sheltering in place so i don't see a whole lot but from what i see if i open my door the streets are deserted yeah uh, i came back i was actually where was i um i was on vacation in mexico when this whole crisis started and then I was and then I flew to Philadelphia to uh, give a workshop the last live event that I've given and then I flew to New York where I was supposed to teach two trainings that ended up online and so um, I could see especially in New York I've never seen New York so deserted
2: Really? Wow.
1: So few cars, so few taxis, so few people on the streets. Um, When I finally got to the airport to fly home, the airport was empty. The plane was about a quarter full.
2: Wow!
1: You know, there was no problem with social distancing because Mm -hmm. everybody on the plane had a row Mm -hmm. of their own. And... uh, and so it's it's such a huge, it seems as if most people um, are respecting the, the shelter in place or stay-at-home rules. But then my my stepdaughter in New York texted me to say that she'd gone for a walk in the park and it was filled with people, <laughs> including people coughing and sneezing. Nice. And so, so maybe people in New York especially are getting a bit stirred mm-hmm. But hopefully, um, you know, hopefully we'll be able, enough people will stay in that we can slow this the spread of this virus.
0: So as we kind of close down here, what's, uh, what's next for you? I realize that might be difficult because you're always flying around, but as far as you can see, what are your next steps?
1: I mean, everything, events are going online um, like you did. Many, many, um, you know, many podcast series, many, um, many um, continuing ed event organizers are organizing shorter events online. Um, uh, I find myself very busy, but you know, The other thing that I think is so important is for all of us to work with our bodies and to work on making sure that we're breathing because anxiety interferes with breathing and, you know, to try to stay as grounded and centered as we can um, because all around us are cues that are going to trigger fear. Right. right. Uh, so whether it's you know my my daughter-in-law is a great example. She says we're going to cook our way through this crisis. <laughs> so they're baking bread. They're baking everything. Uh, they're creating food. My other daughter-in-law said. If we have enough wine we can get <laughs> so, right. so, you know, and if we we just did a family birthday party for my my granddaughter online. Oh, cool. so we we all sang her happy birthday remotely.
2: Awesome.
0: Well, look, as we as we close out here and before we close out, I just want to say you are such an inspiration, not just To me, but for a lot of people out there, Janina, I remember when I went through level one, level two of Sensory Motorcycle Therapy Training, you were one of the lead trainers and just an amazing teacher. And I'm not just saying this because you're here, but, you know, and then I was in that uh, consultation group with you for a while and just incredible. Just so insightful. You're welcome. And just humorous. And you bring such a humanity to this field and a humor that I so respect. And I want to just say thank you.
1: <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. You're so welcome. And can I just say that, that in the midst of this crisis, I'm finishing my next book, which is called Transforming the Living Legacy of Trauma. Oh, wow. And I thought, you know, this is one of those little silver linings is that I have time to work on it while we're all sheltering.
0: Awesome. Well, we're all looking forward to that one. When's that due out?
1: So that's due out in the fall.
0: Oh, cool. All right. Awesome. All right, Janina, I wish you well. Thank you.
1: Okay. I wish you well. I wish all of your viewers well. Thanks so much, Guy.
0: All right. Once again, thank you to Somatic Experiencing for sponsoring this podcast. Somatic Experiencing Trauma Institute is a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to resolving trauma worldwide by providing professional training and education in somatic experiencing. It was founded by Dr. Peter Levine, author of the bestseller, Waking the Tiger, who developed somatic experiencing based on explorations of how animals deal with threat, nervous system overwhelm, and traumatic experiences on a daily basis. Learn more about somatic experiencing and the SE professional training program at traumahealing.org forward slash TTP. That's traumahealing.org forward slash TTP. This episode is sponsored by CPTSDfoundation.org, and one of the great things about Uh, for me about doing this podcast is that I get to speak to and work with amazing people. And Athena Moberg, the CEO and founder of CPTSDfoundation.org, is one of those individuals. This woman is on fire. I got to meet her several months ago here in San Francisco. We had breakfast together and just had a really great talk. Then I got to learn about her foundation and what they're doing uh, they provide complex trauma survivors and practitioners with compassionate support, skills, and trauma-informed education. Athena works together with expert practitioners and treatment centers, offering daily touch points to anyone currently in trauma therapy or who wants a safe place to come, feel heard and validated between therapy appointments. Some of the resources they offer are uh, daily recovery support, a uh, healing book club. They have free support groups. Uh, they offer also offer this really cool thing where they can uh, send you texts just to encourage you and help you heal on your journey. So check them out at cptsdfoundation.org forward slash trauma therapist podcast. Once again, that's cptsdfoundation.org forward slash trauma therapist podcast.